All right. Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing tonight? Woo! Who is ready for a home run awesome Wednesday night in the middle of January? Come on. Yes, it is going to be a fantastic night. We are off to a great start for 2021 right here at High Desert Word Center. It may be crazy on the outside, but on the inside of the ark, it is nice and peaceful and wonderful. So uh, you want to be in the right place. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're going to give an update. Really, well, actually, let me do. Let me give my health guidelines spiel. I forgot to do that. Here's my health guidelines. Uh, make sure that you keep your mask on at all times, unless you are at your seat listening to the sermon or the service or whatever. But if you're moving around the building, please mask up. And also, uh, remember our social distancing. Uh, no hugging. I know you like to hug, but don't hug anybody right now. Just uh, love from a distance. That can be done. That is possible. And, of course, if you are experiencing any sickness symptoms, stay home and watch online. And uh, also, at the end of the service, try to just exit the building in a timely fashion to get some of that fresh, cold desert air into your nose and lungs. Does that sound like a pretty smart thing? Okay, very good. Well, there's all the health stuff. So, Sunday, if you were here, we launched what we've been waiting 15 years to launch, and that is the replacement of HVAC units on the building here. Now, again, if you've ever been uh, to a nice summertime July service in this building, you know that it gets a little bit toasty. Well, uh, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed, I'll do this as quickly as possible. Uh, we These AC units, they're 26 years old this year, so they're quite old. Um, and out of the seven on the building, we have we have two that work for the sanctuary and, and the one out on the lobby. So basically what I'm trying to say is we aren't trying to get new HVAC because we've got nothing better to do. It's an actual need, right? Who thinks it's an actual need, okay? Now, we know that everybody here in this room right now, I mean, hey, you'd come to church without AC, with AC. If we just piled rocks out in the desert and sat around, you would be there, and I get that, right? But we're not just thinking about ourselves. We are an ark, a, a place of safety and refuge during this crazy time for people to come in and hear the good news. And we are changing lives. And I'm telling you right now, the world needs Jesus more than they have ever needed him before. And and listen, you're seeing some wild stuff. And I've, I'm just, as I said before, I've, I went ahead and I read the whole thing. I just went ahead and did it, read the whole entire book. And there's probably some crazier stuff coming down the pike, you know. And so for Christians, we're good. But for a lot of other people looking for answers, they need a place to go. And this is going to be that place for Barstow, okay. And so I believe that with all of my heart. So to replace the HVAC units, we're doing it in two phases. Phase one will be three units, three brand new units, would be approximately $30,000. Oh, that sounds crazy. Well, no, listen, let me explain. Let me explain. So out of $30,000, because of you all's faithfulness and and stability last year and the goodness of God, out of $30,000, we already had $13,500 saved up and ready to start the project with. And so I Googled the math, and that meant we had 45% of the money already there. That's really good news because if I'm doing a race, I want a 45% head start over my opponent every time. That's a really, really good head start. But get this. Someone just texted me earlier that they gave online, someone that watches online. And that brings us, at, including pledges, all we need left, get this, to get three brand new units, straight cash, homie, three brand new units, 
$6,100 is all that we need. $6,100. That's really, really awesome because as we said, what, what the devil thinks he's going to shut churches down. He thinks that he's going to thumb churches down and slap, slap Christians around. And right in the middle of a pandemic, a little church out in Barstow, California is going to buy brand new AC units and not even have to go finance them. We're going to be paying cash for them. And that's going to be shame and mud on the devil's face. We're going to slap him around. He's not going to slap us around. Can I get an amen tonight? And so with that being said, a lot of people have already done what they want to do. And we're going to get this, my goal and our goal and what we will do, what we will do is by the second Sunday of February at the absolute latest, we will be calling the HVAC company that we've selected, a Christian company, and saying, load them up, boys, and head on up to Barstow, slap those things on the roof. We're going to do this, all right? And so um, if you need, if you want to pray about what your part is in that, um, the ushers have some pledge cards. Uh, you can grab one of those. Uh, Cletus has those. And you can just pray, take it home, pray about it. Put it back in on Sunday, what you think that your part's going to be. But everybody has a part because we're all going to bring people into this ark to get them out of the storm before the real flood comes. And Genesis talks about it was all fun and games until the flood came. And when God shut the door of that boat, the door was shut never to open again. And it was too late at that point. If you weren't in, it was all over with game over. And so this is a big, big deal. And it represents a lot more than just air conditioning. It represents people's souls and where they're going to spend eternity when Jesus comes back. All right. And so anyway, I'm super encouraged. I'm very happy that we all out of 30,000, we only need 6,100 left. That's incredible. And we're going to get it very, very quickly. Who believes that with me? All right. Well, who would like some more good news? I'm just in a good news mood tonight, all right? A gospel mood, all right? Good news. Here we go. Uh, we haven't been able to have a lot of guest ministers over the last year, as you know, for the obvious reasons. But on Wednesday night, January 27th, we will be having from Michigan, Reverend Ray Bench is going to be with us finally. So we are super excited. He's, I mean, he's ecstatic. He, he can't wait to get out here. He's going to be with us on that Wednesday night. And if you haven't experienced Reverend Bench, he is, he's incredible. In fact, uh, I think the last time he was here was maybe 2017 or 18, but I think that's when Nick Alva gave his life back to the Lord, I believe, rededicated. Is Nick even, do I see Nick? Where's Nicholas? There, oh, wait, hey, he's wearing a mask. Look at that guy. Yes, he loves America, and he loves Ray Bench, and he loves Jesus. And so I'm pretty sure that was the, when Nick kind of gave his life back to the Lord. But anyway, Ray is awesome, and he's going to be here. You don't want to miss out on that. It's going to be a great night, okay? Who knows what time it is now? It is indeed happy time. You were correct when you said that. It's happy time. Let's open our Bibles tonight to Psalm 37. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get you one. Amen. And if you're giving online, you can go on over to hdwc.org slash giving. Now, if you're going to be giving to the towards the air conditioning, which I know everybody just wants to do that because you love Jesus and you love the ark so much, uh, you would give to the tab that says building and maintenance, building and maintenance for that. Anything else could go to general fund. But Psalm 37, I'll go ahead and read this in the NLT tonight. Psalm 37 and verse 4, it says this, Take delight in the Lord. Or the King James says, Delight thyself in the Lord. But 
take delight in the Lord and you will super regret it because he just likes to ruin all the fun. Take delight in the Lord and there, there it goes. It's boring from here on out. Take delight in the Lord and then you got to suffer because... I, no! It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. He will give you the desires of your heart. Now that's a big deal. What, what does it mean to take delight in the Lord? Because I hear people quote that verse. Well, it says, man, if you delight yourself in the Lord, that's, that's great. But what does that mean? Well, it means to obey the word of God. Don't tell me that you delight in the Lord if you don't actually obey any of what he says to do. You don't delight in him. You may like him. He may give you the fuzzies when you're feeling blue, but that doesn't mean you delight yourself in him. When you delight yourself in the Lord, you love him so much that you obey his word. You obey what he's trying to say to your heart. And undeniably, one part of the word of God is the area of tithing and giving offerings. And so when we delight in the Lord, we're going to be a tither. We're going to give in offerings. We're going to give to people in need. We're going to do all of those things. And it's because we love the Lord so much. And so who would like to have the desires of your heart? I, I, hey, that's a solid amount of people right there that would like that. Well, listen, the first step to doing that is delighting yourself in the Lord and being a doer of the word. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over our giving. And then we're going to get into an awesome time of praise and worship. And then Mrs. Pastor is bringing the word tonight, man. And she's ready to go. It's going to be off the charts. It's going to be awesome. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together as we do this because... Man, we, we are in faith tonight. Hallelujah. All right. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. And stands in front of God on high. And He speaks on our behalf when we don't have the right. And He pleads before the God who judges hearts of men. Our mediator says, sentence for our sin. There is
He found the captives broke the bondage of our chains. We have redemption through the price that He has paid. And He gave His life to purchase freedom from the fall. Our need He hid was the ransom for us all.
in the spirit with me for a minute, will you? I think the Lord wants to say something to us, and I've got to pick up on it. Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you, Father. Oh, Lord, we love you. We praise you. Listen, listen, listen. The time to turn your ears off, the time to harden your heart, the time to close your eyes is not now. You must listen, you must see, you must understand what I am doing in these times and in these days, because if you look to me, you will be safe, for in me there is safety, in me there is protection, in me there is love, there is joy, there is peace, there is long-suffering and comfort. Without me, there is turmoil. There's torment. There's depression. But in me, you will find refuge. Thus saith the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The title of my message tonight is News Before It Happens. News Before It Happens. And I... I taught a variation of this message uh, Friday night in the women's meeting, and uh, it bears repeating. So news before it happens. We serve a great and mighty God who tells us things before they happen so that we will know, so that we will be prepared, so that we will not be afraid. Amen in these last days. So the first thing you need to know is what times we are in and to not hide your head in the sand and not to backslide. I spoke to a person the other day who's been a Christian forever, owns a business in town here, beautiful Christian lady. And I, t I was talking to her about things, you know, that are going on, and she said, you know, I've never read in the Word about the prophecies, you know, about the end times, and I, she, because it scared her. But it's not, it's not scary. It's good news to us. It's not good news to the world, but it's great news to us. Amen. And I said, you need to go home and read Matthew 24. And she looked at me and she said, Matthew 24. And I said, yes, Matthew 24. You need to go home and read Matthew 24. So she said, and I will. She's older than I am. Been a Christian all her life and has never read that stuff because of fear. So I thought to myself, if she's been a believer that long, there may be believers that are sitting in our own congregation who don't have a clue what's going on, and it's up to us to let them know what is going on. So, and number two, you need to know how to live during these times. Maybe the way that we're going to live now may be different than the way that we've ever lived before. You know? Number three, you need to know what your part is. What is the part that you are to play? You know, God's no dummy. And he had you and he had me born at such a time as this. 
We could have been born in any other time. You know, we could have been, we could have been in a covered wagon, and we could have been, you know, this. We could have been anything. But we were born for such a time as this. That must mean that God has a plan for us. And we've got to know what that plan is. Do you know your position in relevance to the times? That's a mighty, mighty phrase that the Lord gave to Pastor back in the year 2000 when he spoke to him for those three months. And we've got a book coming out on that really soon. The Lord got on my case in September, and he said, I want you to put that in book form, what the Lord spoke to Pastor back in 2000. So I went out, and I went. We have tubs and tubs and tubs of journals that we have kept since the 70s. So, you know, if you come to my house, you'll see tubs and tubs and tubs, and you think, well, what are you keeping all this stuff for? Because it's valuable. <laughs> so I dug out the 2000 tub, and I just went right to it, and I thought, oh, this is going to take a while to find it. I said, Lord, help me find this tub. So I found it, and all the journals and all the things that pastors had spoken, you know, during the year 2000 were in that tub. And so in the springtime of this year, I started to write a book on it. I think it's, uh, I think Joshua sent it off to the printer today, so... Um, anyway, it'll be here. The title, the, the, what the Lord said to, to Pastor to begin with was, uh, what always precedes a major move of God? It's a loaded question. What always precedes a major move of God? And over several months, the Lord told him the answer to the questions that he was asking him. And one of the main things was that subtitle of this book is, Do You Know Your Position in Revelance to the Times? What's your job? What's your part? And if you don't know, you need to find out, okay? Um, it's God's will for us to know. You know, over and over and over again in the Bible, he's, there's this little phrase that says, I would not have you ignorant. He doesn't want his children, his people, ignorant of what he's doing. That's why he's told us beforehand. Isn't it nice to know inside the book information? Amen. As pastors, we must be able to say what is in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 through 12. So I'm going to turn there, and I'm going to read that to you. I'm in the New King James tonight. And, um, you know, if you're in some other translation, I think it'll be up on the screen for you. Or just, just listen to what I'm saying. King James is close, but still a little bit off. Okay, 2 Corinthians 2 says this, starting in verse um, 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. This is talking about pastors and such. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. It's a mystery to the world. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's good news. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Not God's will for us not to know. And then in Acts chapter 20 says this, Acts 20 and verse 26, he says, Therefore I testify to you this, this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I'm talking about myself right now. 
and the pastoral staff here, we have not, we have not hidden anything from you concerning the word of God. We are a full gospel church. That means we tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. Whether you like it or not, that's the thing, whether you like it or not. And it's always up to you to grab a hold of God or you can ignore him and be in great big fat trouble for it. I'm going to say that again. Verse 26, therefore, I testify to you this day that I, and I testify for the pastoral staff here, that we are innocent of the blood of all men, for we have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to the flock among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is to us, to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So as pastors, we have a job to do, and that's to tell you the truth, right? And there is no greater truth than the word of God. So God's word is always God's news to those who will receive it, to those who act on this word, and to those who keep it and do not backslide. Now, I'm going to read to you a whole lot of word tonight. I'm going to read to you what Jesus said. And in Jesus' name, you're going to listen. And in Jesus' name, if you have never understood some of this stuff before, you're going to understand it tonight. And like I said, you know, we'll look on the screen if you can. Is that going to be up there, Julie? Do you know? Okay, you got it. Okay, good. Everybody's giving me thumbs up. Okay, okay, cool deal. So I'm going to read to you what Jesus had to say. And if you haven't, just pray, just say, Lord, Lord Jesus, help me to understand. Just say that. Lord Jesus, help me to understand. I don't hear anybody saying it. You don't want to understand? Thank you, Susan. <laughs> Amen. Because the name of the game is you've got to know what's going on right now. You've got to understand it if you are going to make it through. Because if you don't understand it, if you don't grasp a hold of it, if you don't stay hunkered up with God, you are not going to make it. And he says that, and I will read that to you as well. So I'm in Matthew 24. I'm in New King James once again. I'm going to start out in verse 3. Now as he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they were asking him this question when he was back on, walking on the earth still. Verse 4, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. In other words, watch out. Be careful. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many, it says many, it doesn't say a few. It says many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Now, do you want to be part of the group that's deceived or the part of the group that's not deceived? Okay, and you will hear of wars. There's number one. Rumors of wars. There's number two. See that you are not troubled. He tells us not to be troubled. So when we're tempted to be troubled, we must not be troubled, okay? For all these things must come to pass, Jesus said, but the end is not yet. For nation, which is people groups, will rise against nation 
people groups against people groups. You can see that in America. You can see it around the world. And kingdoms, which are governments, against kingdoms or governments. And there will be famines. No rain on the crops, da-da-da-da, no food, not enough stuff. Pestilences, which once again is not bugs. It's diseases. It's plagues. Wake up. And earthquakes in various places. Now, it seems to me like there's a whole more earthquakes than there, ought, than there used to be. You know, it helps to be around for a while, doesn't it, Veronica? You see stuff, you know what I mean? You see things. There's more earthquakes. There's more hurricanes. There's more tornadoes. There's more of a, all these natural disasters. It's the earth moaning and groaning for Jesus to come back. The earth groans and moans for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's happening in this way, in various places. All these, Jesus said, are just the beginning of sorrows. Sorrows. I think this past year and even the, I mean the, the last month, talk about sorrows, you know, stacked on top of sorrows. We're seeing some stuff, and these are the last days. Then Jesus said in verse, verse 9, now, the, uh, now when I'm reading Matthew, Matthew 24, he jumps around from stuff. He talks about the second coming in here, and he talks about the rapture, and you've got to be able to ascertain what he's talking about at a given time. So, you know, <laughs> you just got to listen and study this out for yourself. Verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But... He who endures, say endures, makes it through, say makes it through, lasts till the end, shall be saved. So in other words, those that don't, won't. Right? I was telling somebody the other day who's been a believer all their life, I said, you know what? Your salvation isn't promised to you if you just decide you're going to walk away from God and live life your way. You don't live your life your way if you call yourself a believer. You live yourself. You live your life by what God says is, is right. You live your life by what God says is wrong. If you think you're going to live your life the way you want to and call yourself a Christian, you've got another thing coming. It says in Revelation, I will blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life. Somebody said to me the other day that's been a Christian forever, one, another one of these believers, well, I didn't know that... I thought, you know, once saved, always saved. Uh-uh. If it was once saved, always saved, Jesus would not say, I will blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life. Your name had to get in there to begin with, right? The day that you came and you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's when he wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. But if you walk away from him, if you walk away from him, 
If you decide that you're going to live the life any old way you please, if you decide that you don't like what God's doing, then, hey, here comes the eraser. Hey, I'm not going there. I'm just telling you that right now. I made up my mind years ago. I'm following Jesus Christ, and that's just the way it is. And if you have not sold out 100% to Jesus, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. You may not, we may not have tomorrow. The rapture may come. And those of you who think that you're good with God, you may not make the rapture. I'm just telling you. Because that's what God said. So we've got to sell out to Jesus. It's not my life. It's not my will. It's not my way. It's your life in me, Lord. It's your will in me, and it's your way in me. And that's the way it is, period. And that's the way it needs to be with all of us. Okay, verse 15 talks about the great tribulation. You know, the other day, I hope I get through this. If I don't, we're going to have to have a two-parter, Pastor Dave, just the way it is, okay? There's just so much of this stuff you need to know. You know, as pastors, we have a pastor. Dr. Mark Barkley is our pastor. So the other day, he had a webinar thing. And, uh, you know, he had a webinar thing because, you know, he wanted to make sure that the people he wanted on that webinar were there and not people that he didn't want in that had ulterior motives to hear what he had to say. So we thought, okay, we want to hear what he's saying about what's going on. It was a three-hour webinar. You know, the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost, right? And what I ministered at the women's meeting Friday night was the same thing that Pastor Dr. Barkley ministered for three hours. I thought, thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're in Christ, if you're listening, he will tell you the same things. Because we are his kids and it is not his will for us not to know. Amen. So here we are. Oh, Dr. Barkley said this, and he said, you know, the seven-year seven year tribulation is seven years of the wrath of God. It's God's wrath on a world that have snubbed their nose at him, Etc., etc. And if you don't think things are getting worse, man alive, you need to wake up and smell the roses because it's bad out there. It's not bad in here. It's not bad with us snuggled up with Jesus, but it's bad out there. Amen. So here it is about the great tribulation, the seven years of God's wrath. You know, he, God is long-suffering. He puts up with us. He put up with you and me for a long time, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? But with the world as a whole, he wants the precious fruit of the earth. He wants people saved. And so that's why he's held off. And so that's another thing I'm going to be talking about big time this year, especially in the next month or so. We've got to get people saved. We've got to get out there and win them, man. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Why are we here? We're here because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile a lost and dying world to the Lord Jesus Christ. And think about all the people out there who are not born again. Multitudes. The Bible says multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And I told Pastor Dave the other day, I said, Barstow's right. We've been speaking over Barstow for a whole year. All you have to do is go out there and just wham, you're going to be able to lead people to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I've got to read this. Verse uh, 13, I think that is. Therefore, Jesus said, when, oh, this goes back. Oh, 
I don't have time to explain all that. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, okay, long story short, that has to do with, there's a lot of pro uh, prophetic end time prophecy in the book of Daniel. It has to do with the temple being built in, uh, in Jerusalem, but they haven't built a temple yet because the Muslim mosque is there, blah, 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 but it's supposed to, the temple's supposed to be there. But then the Antichrist is going to come in there and sit in that temple that is for God. So when you see that, he's saying, when it, whoever reads this, he says, let them understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babes in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or, in the, or on the Sabbath. For there will be great tribulation. Great tribulation. Didn't say tribulation. said great tribulation. Such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, say I'm an elect's safe, sake. Are you an elect's safe? That's hard to say. Elect's sake. Are you or are you not? Okay. Those days would be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive you, if possible, even the elect. Did you know that Satan can perform miracles? He can. Deceives many people. Happened right here in Barstow several years ago. He was going around doing stuff. Well, the, those people that followed him, that, that, that church isn't here anymore. Verse 28C, I have told you beforehand. He told us beforehand. He's saying, I'm telling you this so that you will be equipped, so that you will know. Isn't he good? Amen. Therefore, if they say to you, look, here he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, the eagles will be gathered together. Then he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, that's seven years, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the Son of God, the Son of Man, will appear in the heavens. This is about the second coming of Christ. Right here, this is not about the rapture. Then the sun, we, 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 should, we should be out of here by now, okay? Da-da-da-da, Okay. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. The fig tree is Israel. One of the signs that the Lord gives us is the fig, the Israel, the fig tree. When we learn this parable from the fig tree or Israel, when its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near in the natural. 
So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now listen to this. But of that day and hour, no man knows. So every once in a while, people will pop up and they'll say, yeah, Jesus is coming like, what was it, the Y2K? You know, the world was going to end at Y2K. Well, it didn't. You know, whenever anybody comes around saying, well, the world's going to end at such and such a date, they're not. They're not because Jesus said, but at that day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. I did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also, so also, say so also, will the coming of the Son of Man be. Here's rapture. Then two men will be in the field and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed the house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in the season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, once again, if you think you can go out and you know, well, Jesus didn't come for a while. I'm going to go out and sin, sin, sin. you got another thing coming. And begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where is there weeping and gnashing of teeth? Hell. I'm going to go into chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took, uh, took no oil with them, but the wise took, all their, took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Life as usual, live like you want, don't pay any attention. You know, this isn't going to happen, you know, la, 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 la. But at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, see, it's too late. Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. They didn't show up to church. They weren't at church. 
They weren't tithing. They weren't serving. They were out doing their own thing. Eh, who cares about church? That was their attitude. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. You know, sometimes people will look at you and they'll say, Man, I really want what you've got. And you tell them, Well, if you want what I got, you'd go where I, you'd come to where I got it. Don't let them drain you. You know, if they want to be like you, if they want the Jesus you want, you, 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 well, you lead them to the Lord out there, but you bring them to where you got it. That's here, right? While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Whoa, here comes Jesus. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. There was another time when God shut the door, and that was on the ark. If you look back at that, that account in the word, God's the one that shut that door. When Noah and his family and all those animals went in there, God himself shut the door. Now, he, you know, it took Noah 120 years to build that thing, and those people were warned and warned and warned and warned. But, but kind of some things in life are kind of like Pharaoh back in the Old, Old Testament days when, you know, Moses went to him. You know, the Lord kept saying, well, go back to him and tell him this. And Moses would go back to him and tell him that. And then he would, Pharaoh would harden his heart. His heart would get even harder than it was before. Seems like there's a lot of folks out here nowadays who their hearts are getting harder than ever before. But for those whose heart is tender, now's the time to reap their souls for him. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. You can just picture them banging on the door. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I don't know you. I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know. But I assure you, if you, don't, if you can't recognize what's going on these times, then you need to get a clue, okay? I want to say a couple of things to you. I want to try to get this done. In Isaiah 50, 20, we don't have to go there, it says, In the last days men will call evil good and good evil. So, some people, groups, some platforms have called abortions good. Does God call abortion good? No. Some people will call pedophilia's good. Do you call it good? God does not call it good. Some people will say that traditional marriage has gone by the wayside. What does God say? In the United States itself, I'm not even talking about around the world, a certain group has said, well, we don't like what the Supreme Court, the, the number of the Supreme Court justices, they're, they're, they're outnumbered. Well, they're always outnumbered one way or the other. So we're going to appoint more judges to be on our side. Is that good? If you haven't noticed, freedom of speech has been drastically censored. Censoring the President of the United States, come on, people, there's something wrong with that picture really bad. The Speaker of the House the other day said that we're going to get rid of gender pronouns. In other words, if you're in the House here, you can't say he or she, or you got to say whatever else they come up with. If 
There was a new chap chaplain in the House of the Senate the other day. I don't know where, where, what, when he was in, but he, he prayed in the name of all religions. He named them all. And at the end of his prayer, he said, a man and a woman. And I thought, you blaspheme the name of the Most High God. You mock the God of the universe. That's what's sitting in our Washington right now, this mess. I've, I've always listened. To, I listen intently. And I've listened intently to the chaplain, chaplains and stuff like that. There's several of them that President Trump has had. Like in the White House, they, pray, they prayed in the name of Jesus. They didn't pray in the name of Jesus for years. And somewhere along, they, they outlined and said, well, you can pray generally, but you can't pray in the name of Jesus. They did that to the military chaplains. But then some, I think President Trump probably reversed that. And so they were praying in the name of Jesus, and I thought, yes, yes. Jesus is a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He will not be mocked. When the former president was first elected, the first thing he said was, we are no longer a Christian nation. And at that time, I thought, we are in deep trouble. When the leader of our nation stands up, because he, the power, they have power in their words, Saved or unsaved. When that man got up and said, we are no longer a Christian nation, I thought, we are in big trouble. And it went from bad to worse. But then when the current president got up, he said, one of the first things he said, the United States of America is a Christian nation. And he took back that curse that was put on America. I want to read to you... Um, Part of a prophecy. I want to tell you this, first of all. On the information booth is Dr. Barkley's I predict, predict 2021. Many of you look for that, you know. I'm not, uh, I really watch what prophecy, quote, unquote, comes down the pikes. But there's certain people I trust with all my being. And that one's Dr. Barkley. The other one's Brother Hagen, who's since passed. But on the, on the uh, information booth back there is a copy of I Predict, which you can pick up. And I typed up a copy of the word the Lord gave me the first Sunday of the year. That's back there. The Lord gave me a word, and it's, I typed it up for you. This here was brought to my attention, and I'm going to read to you. It was a prophecy uh, from, that the Lord gave Hen Kenneth Hagman in 1987. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I did make copies of it, and it's back there. I'm going to read this part to you. Yea, I looked. I looked, I looked, and I saw the hearts of men, and, oh, they were disturbed and perplexed. And I saw a black, dark cloud rise up from the eastern part of our nation, and it came out of the capital of our nation. And men responded unto that darkness that arose, and they walked in it. In other words, they joined up with that darkness. And that darkness began to envelop this very land. But, oh, oh, the hearts of many that know God sensed in their spirits. And those of us that stand on the, on the horizon of time shall sound forth a word of warning. And then he goes on to say, and so there arose the mighty men. I consider myself a mighty man. Are you going to be a mighty man or a wimp? Those called of God separated unto him, and they shall make intercession. 
Intercession is prayer. And the light shall shine and drive back the darkness. The evil and wicked men shall fall, and where and there will be those. And remember, I was told you years in advance. This prophecy wasn't for 1987. It was for years in advance. And then he tells what's going to happen, but I'm not going to say it. You're going to have to pick one of these up and read it for yourself. These are not times to be ignorant. These are not times to go out there and sin against what God has said and think you're going to make heaven. You're not. I mean, that is so obvious from the word of God. We need to stay out of sin. I'm going to make I'm going to give an invitation to stand up with me, would you please? I'm going to make an invitation tonight. And a bold Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because of his great great love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then he goes on to say, I came not into the world to condemn the world, but the world through me might be saved. It's God's will. As Pastor Dave talked about at the beginning of the service, we're good. The name of the game is to stay good. If you come to church maybe once a month, you, be, you better get yourself every month. Every, you know, if you come once on Sunday morning, why don't you bump it up and come every Sunday morning? If you come, you know, why don't you add a service? If you come every Sunday morning, why don't you add, and you know, we'll be in, you know, implementing Sunday night again. Get in here Sunday night. If you come Sunday morning, Sunday night, why don't you come Wednesday night? You cannot get enough of this. As Dr. Barkley always says, does coming to hurt church hurt you or help you? It helps us, right? So why would you not be here? Duh. You know what I'm saying? So thank you, Josh. Here comes Josh. We love Josh. I love Josh. He's my boy. Anyway, I'm going to lead you all in a prayer of salvation. I don't want any eyes closed and any eyes shut. Forget that stuff. In fact, I'm going to be so bold as to say this. You need to be bold. Because in this hour and these times, you need the boldness of the Most High God. Be bold. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, I want you to come down here. Or those of you who are watching, you know, if you want to receive Jesus, come on down here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation because you do not want to be left behind. Amen. If you want to come down here, if you want to receive Jesus, if you don't want to go another day without him in your heart, make your way down here. Amen. Nobody's bold enough. Maybe everybody's received Jesus, which is good news. But I'm going to pray for those that are watching. Say this with me. You all say this anyway. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I haven't lived my life 
for you. You've not even been in my life because I never invited you. Today, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart, to come into my life. Change me. Make me into the person you've designed for me to be. I will serve you all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you don't have a church home and you're in this area, there's no better church that I know of than High Desert. I mean, I'm prejudiced, okay? I love High Desert. And I know that if you come here, you're going to be loved. You're going to be discipled. We have a discipleship program here that can get you on your feet. The Word's taught here in a bold way. And there's just the love of the saints here that surpasses none, I don't think. So anyway, I hope that... I hope you understand some things tonight that maybe you'd never understood before or maybe the words that Jesus said, all this I read tonight's in red. Jesus said all this. I just read it to you. But it's Jesus saying the same thing to us again. Amen. So straighten up, fly right, man. That's all I can say to you. Straighten up and fly right. If you've got sin in your life, you get rid of it. Walk away from it. Don't turn back. Walk away from it. You know, when the rapture comes, I'd sure hate to be in bed with somebody I wasn't supposed to be in bed with. I'm telling you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. God will not be mocked. He says what he means, and he means what he says. Amen. Pastor Dave, would you like to come up here and close this out? Because I can't do anything. <laughs> Some real stuff that we're looking at there, and, uh, you know, it's it's been there the whole time, but it's just coming alive before our eyes right now where we're at. Matthew 24, 2 Timothy 3 and 4, some great chapters to look at also, uh, and very enlightening. So anyway, uh, but praise God. As we saw Sunday, Isaiah chapter 60, arise and shine for thy light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. And that's where we're at right now. The glory of the Lord is rising upon us. And we're going to see some great things. Amen. Because we belong to Jesus. All right. Let's pray over you tonight. We're going to send you on your way. And we will be back Sunday morning to do it all over again. And I encourage you, be here. We're going to be hitting Isaiah 50, verse 7, real hard Sunday. And you are going to love it. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in the Word tonight. And God, we realize that that's some real stuff. That may not be the, the pleasant, uh, fuzzy stuff that we like to always see, but Lord, it's the absolute truth. And we fully understand that you are coming back again very, very soon. And we're seeing it unfold right before our eyes. I pray for each person here, Lord, that they stay strong in the faith that they don't turn away, they don't turn their back on you, but they stick with you every single step of the way, Lord. And we know that you're going to use us. Keep us safe, Lord. We claim that we are protected from every disease and bad thing that's going around out there. We are off limits to the devil. And we thank you, Lord, that we are coming back safely Sunday. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said. 
Amen. All right. Well, let's bless Barstow and we will get you out of here. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And before